0: Welcome to River Valley Christian Church, Lake Elmo, Minnesota. What a great day to be here. So welcome to those that are here. Welcome to those that are online. If you're here, turn down your electronic devices. Again, if you're at home or cruising down the road, turn it back up. All right. Uh, So I'm going to start off with uh, a... uh, be a little vulnerable uh, remember Mac he says sometimes you, it's good to be in a place where you can uh, take off your armor and just be real um, just the thing that uh, that I've been working through God's been working on my heart and and just he's telling me to start turning it up a notch um, so with that I'll, I'll start with James Chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And this is about taming the tongue. So it's talking about how the, the tongue is... It, anyways, it's just it's hard to tame it. So in verse nine, and 9, it says, With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of, of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. My brethrens, these things ought not to be so. And it's, it's funny where it's, well, it's not even funny, I guess. You could be cruising down the road or whatever, praising God. gate worship music on, and all of a sudden somebody cuts you off, and you're like, what an idiot. Stupid people. And it's like, or just, I mean, there's this thing in life where it's like, you know, you can be praising God and else and somebody just treats you wrong and you're just like, oh, man, that person bothers me, annoys me. So the reason why God's told me to turn it up a notch is because as we were listening through the, the, the Bible for the year, the story in Second uh, Kings... The story in 2 Kings is about Elijah, Elisha. So it's 2 Kings chapter 2, 23 through 25. So I, I, I heard the story as I'm driving along and just and talking about, this is what he, this is, okay, so Elijah he just got done performing a miracle. They had bad water in his town. And they said, oh, put salt where the spring starts and the water will get better, okay? So he just performed this great miracle to bless this whole town. so then in chapter 2, verses 23, it says, this is Elisha then, he says, then he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came up from the city and mocked him, and said to him, go up you bald head, go up you bald head, So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youth. And then next it says, and then he went up from there to Mount Carmel. And from there he returned to Samaria. So he just got done (laughs) blessing this whole town. Some boys mocked him. So... You know, with moral of the story is don't mess with bald-headed guys, right? <laughs> there's, there's, that's the funny. <laughs> no, but what God has been telling me is he goes, if you realize how bad it is when you curse somebody, I mean, they they died. 40, 42 boys died because he got mad. We don't know exactly what happens when somebody cuts us off and we curse them or whatever. But I also know the opposite of how often when we bless somebody by just speaking a blessing. You're just going into a store or whatever, and you just go, hey, have a great day. Have a blessed day. How much that changes the whole atmosphere of a person's life. So God's just telling me, it's just like, well, the golden rule was if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. Well, then it is better just to keep your tongue bit, you know? Um, but instead, maybe we should just turn around and just say, hey, have a blessed day. So churchless rise, we'll pray. Father, I thank you that you're amazing. I thank you that you see us and you see just the blessing that we could be to this world we just know how much you adore us, but in return, we also know how much you adore the world, the people of the world, your creation, and you just desire to bring them into your kingdom. So, Father, that we start seeing people through your eyes, where they're struggling. Father, that we just lift them up in prayer and just bless them, bless them, Lord, that you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah
1: alone, Jesus. It's you alone, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Before I give a quick word for communion, can all the ushers come up already if possible? I just feel like let's let's grab our communion first. If everyone can form lines so we can get the communion. Psalms 130, beginning at verse 1, says, From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, if you kept a record of of our sins who O oh Lord could ever survive but you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear him I am counting on the Lord yes I am counting on him I have put my hope in his word I long for the Lord more than the centuries long for the dawn yes more than the centuries that long for the dawn O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He himself will redeem Israel from every kind of sin. And it is what he did at those moments of pain and affliction, from the lashes and the whips, the spit, the ripping of the beard, that his body was given for us thank you lord let's take the bread and it was for the blood that was shed because who can survive because the sins of ours are countless but it was a perfect man that died on the cross and dropped every blood Carrying the cross all the way, not giving up for the hope, for the perseverance, for the people to come back to the relationship with God. And He forgave. He forgave us. And it was because of His blood. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.
2: Praise the Lord. Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody, everybody who helped out yesterday uh, with the women's tea. It was phenomenal. Great job. Excellent job. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone that served, all the men that served, and and uh, all of the the folks in the video and sound and, and uh, everybody in between. I know that uh, it, it was recorded, correct? Video recorded and will be available shortly at some point. And, uh, um, but thank you. And then everybody was on the worship and, and served and, and prayed and did everything else. And it was just awesome. And Gwen and Savina who, <laughs> who ran the kitchen and did a phenomenal job there and but it's awesome. It's just awesome to have a great time. And, and I've had, there were people who were here for the, I think, the very first time that said, wow, we didn't know it was this awesome. And so uh, next year will be even better. And, and Ashley did a phenomenal job yesterday ministering. It was wonderful. Wonderful. And so what I'd like to have, I'd like to have uh, Pastor Johnny come up for a moment. I know you guys notice he's here. They usually have service at 1030 in the morning, but they moved. They move, so I want them to share, give an update on the, the new the new digs.
1: Pray for me, guys. It has been a busy past two weeks. So we finally have a building, praise God. It was, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. It was a God deal. It was in the right place, right time. God is moving. Um, there's some updates that need to be done inside the building. So... The landlord said we can't move until after the 10th. Then from there, we need to build a wall. So calling all mighty men of God, don't hide. And know how to build a wall for the, we're going to build some walls for the children's ministry and then get the floors done. And and, um, so it's going to take a little time. We're hoping by December 17th that we actually move in to there, but I don't know. It's going to be up in the air. So that's the current updates regarding the church. We're excited. There's no delay. We're gonna our congregants uh, are here. There's a few people here that are that come to my church. So I'm excited for that. We'll be joining any RVFM churches. At, um, in the meantime, Amen. Pastor Amen.
2: Praise the Lord. If anyone who does go to the do, go to uh, Saint Paul usually, why don't you stand? Can we can we have you stand? I know, it's very awkward. <laughs> awesome, so glad you're here, so glad you're here. Wonderful. All right, also, I want to talk just a few moments about uh, the first of the year. We're coming to the end of the year here, winding down. Just so things are getting super busy and all kinds of church stuff, all kinds of family things and so on, but I want to let you know and have you make sure you put it on your calendar, um, the week devoted to God is coming up and that's the first week of january has been for many years we've had people try to talk us in into doing the week devoted to god in april or may when it's warmer and uh we've had people that if that fly in for this we actually are going to have people flying in again for this this year but they the ones from way down south always want us to do it when it's warm and uh but our goal is always to, to give the first week you know it was just something the lord led us to do Many many years ago, we've done it for I think 15 years or more now, maybe even maybe more. But it's been a lot. And uh, what we do, how it started was, what we would have is is uh, we'd have morning prayer at 10 a.m. and we have a afternoon prayer at 2 p.m. and then we have Holy Spirit meetings, Holy Ghost meetings, each evening. And we we're going to continue to do uh, the afternoon prayer. Last year we did just an afternoon prayer. Uh, we did moved it back a little bit. We start at 3 pm each uh, each day, Monday through Friday, and then we have the Holy Ghost meetings at 7 p.m. And uh, that worked out really, really well. Then we also used to have an all day Saturday, but as you can imagine, after you go morning and evening all week long and then all day Saturday, Sunday was pretty much a uh, you know sleep in and And uh, try to recover day and so we've decided not to do that we we stopped doing that a couple of years ago but our heart is this it's good to give God the first it's good to give God the first whatever it is you know give him our heart first give him our lives first give him give him of our tithes and offerings first give you know when you put thing when you put God first in the areas of your life it's amazing what he'll do and so the week devoted through the prayer and through the, the Holy Ghost meetings. Um, bottom line, I've, I've, I know people that their whole year was set in motion. They, they, had, they got direction. They got uh, understanding. I mean, just if you've never been a part of corporate prayer, you know, it's good to pray. There's so many different ways to pray, opportunities to pray. Um, you can pray all by yourself. You pray in your closet, you know, as the word says. You can pray going down the road, driving down the road. Sometimes, if you're driving on the freeway, it's good to pray while you're going down the road. Uh, when I when I was riding motorcycle a lot, I prayed a lot going down the road. You know, it's just good to pray. But but then there's also corporate prayer. You know, the when Paul uh, well, I'm sorry, when Peter and was it Silas, Peter and. Who, who was John? Peter and John? No, Peter was at least in prison. I don't know. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible somewhere. It's not in my notes. But he, they were in prison. Remember when the doors flew open and, the, and God got them out of prison? He went to their company where they were praying, where the group, where their people were praying, and that those prayers were effective. They were praying for, for them to be released, and they were released, and when it happened, they wouldn't believe it. You know, they're like, whoa, wait a second, this actually happened. So there's all kinds of places. In Acts chapter 13, it says that the, that the church in Antioch was gathered together and they were praying and seeking God. And out of that, the ministry of Paul and Barnabas was birthed. So when, you're, when, when, when people pray together, there's power. You know, there's verses in the Bible that say one can send a thousand to flight, but two can send... You can imagine, you know, this is exponential, for those of you math majors, you know this is exponential. This is not. This is not addition. It's not even multiplication. It's it's exponential. Think what happens when three people pray together, or six, or fifteen, or you know. And over the years, we would have anywhere between thirteen and twenty-five, or whatever, be, you know, be praying during those meetings. Well, last year, I think we had, it on an average, thirty-five or forty. Uh, folks that would come in for prayer, and, and uh, that's kind of why, why we want to move it later in the afternoon, is if, if you can come out, come, up, come down after work and just be a part of it. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to be, you know, the leader. You won't be the leader of it, but it's just good to be in that atmosphere and praying and seeking God, because it's during those times when we put God first. Now, you can put God first in your living room. You can. You, you should. But there are times when we put as a church can we can put God first in this opportunity that there's going to be things that happen man, and things have happened. Things are, are you know, uh, uh, for me anyway, definitely would, would set uh, direction and give leading and, and, and understanding in what God has for us each year. And so I encourage you to be a part of it. Be a part of it as much as you can. I know people have to work. There's school. It is during, you know, sorry, it isn't school. It in session for all those. You don't know, have to do that anymore. But with that, when you put God first, even if you have to sacrifice a bit, you'll be amazed at what God does. So I just want to encourage you to be a part of the week devoted. So it's the 31st. So we'll have church service here on the 31st in the morning. We won't have it at Christmas. We talked about that last week. We will have the Christmas Eve service, 4.30 on Christmas. But then on New Year's Day, we have the day service. And then at evening at 7 p.m., we'll have our first Holy Spirit meeting. This year, the ones who will be speaking each, each evening—we've been led to have the pastors of all the new churches. All the new pastors are the pastors of the new churches. So, Pastor Johnny will be preaching, and Pastor Jesse up in uh, Saint Croix Falls—he'll be preaching. Pastor Nathan and from Bethel, Pastor Nathaniel, who is from from uh, Lindstrom, and then uh, the one person you haven't actually met in person yet. But Pastor uh, John, it's, there's so many Johns. So, Pastor John uh, Dowler from Winona will be here and ministering one evening. And so, and that, that if you counted as we went along, that's five. And uh, but just to, we're going to fill it in with another young guy, you know, as long as we have an extra night, that'll be Pastor Peter. He's going to preach one night. So, so that's, those are the folks who are going to be ministering during the week and, and uh, in the evenings, and then you know, we'll have our worship team and the worship team, and then there'll be other from other churches joining in at different times, right? Yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So. It's going to be a wonderful time. Put it on your calendar, 31st through the 5th, Friday night the 5th, and it's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. Amen? Amen. A couple other things I want to talk about real quick, and uh, we haven't talked about it. We haven't, you know, like I say I didn't want to call it housekeeping because it isn't like we're trying to tidy up. We're just, it's good to know some things. We, there's not always a perfect time to talk about all these different things, but do you, how many of you remember Are It? Arit from this summer, yeah, Arit. So Arit, it, it, she usually watches our service. So everybody, turn around, wave, wave at the camera. She she watches our service at some point during the during the day. And um, but she last summer did a outreach training. Remember that? How many of you went to the to the outreach uh, ministry training? Yeah. Phenomenal. So there was, I think it was over fifty people that attended that from all the different churches. And out of that came a. Excuse me. Can I have my water, please? Out of that came a uh, outreach team. And uh, an outreach team, thank you so much. This is my wife, Debbie. Still on camera? Sorry. And I've always told Mark that at some point I'm going to have him come up and share a little bit about the outreach, and I never warned him. I saw you walk in, and I'm so sorry that I didn't warn you. He's ready in season and out. So I'm going to ask uh, Mark LeBlatt, can you, can you come on up? And uh, give him a warm welcome. And He's going to talk about what, what they've been doing. Just share whatever's on your heart, man.
3: Uh, all I can say is it's really fun. Anybody who's ever wondered about what it's like to feel the presence of God in your life and Him working through you and... You're just amazed. The things that happen are so incredible. I mean, uh, the other night I was in Walmart, and I'm witnessing to this lady, and uh, she's going to pray the prayer with me. And I hear this voice, I go, is there somebody in your pocket? And she goes, uh, well, my sister's on the phone with the Bluetooth. And she goes, oh, hi, honey. <laughs> I says, hey, honey, how you doing? I says, you want to you wanna accept Jesus? And she goes, yeah. So she prayed. She got saved on the phone while her sister was there praying in person. I mean, you just can't make the stuff up with what the Lord does, you know. So it's really simple. Uh, Wally goes every week and his two boys. And uh, you just show up, and uh, you can go along with us, and just talk to people about jesus and a whole bunch of them want to pray with you to get saved so that's what we do we've been going on friday nights at five o'clock and right now we've been going to walmart right here in stillwater because inside and it's uh pretty good and they don't throw us out so you know yeah so anybody wants to come out just see me and uh, talk to me about it and i'll give you my phone number and sometimes we'll move to a different location we've been to cub foods Uh, Mostly Cub Foods and
2: Walmart, but uh, it's always good. All right. Amen. And then I'm going to have Chuck. Chuck uh, is going to come up. And uh, Chuck has been here for Chuck and his wife. And I'm going to miss it. Sandy. Chuck and Sandy have been here for a number of months now. And uh, Chuck is also doing some, some outreach ministry. And I just want him
4: to share about that. I'm a little surprised he had me come because yesterday I said, uh, "Pastor, can I have a few words? Some things I want to do based on what he said a few months ago. I mean, a few weeks ago about we all should be involved." He says, "I'll think about it." And if any of you realize when you were young, "Mom, can I do this?" I'll think about it, which typically means no. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to talk about is basically, if you think about it, this is Christmas. And this is one of the rare times that people are open up to what Christmas is all about. And basically, if we go through Scripture, we'll find out that there are a few commandments. Number one is love God with everything you have, whole, basically heart, everything. The other one is love your neighbor as yourself. But the third commandment basically is also, if you really think about it, is, he talks about Mark and Matthew when he's going up ascending into heaven, is, okay, 120, go and preach to all the nations, or... All creation. And are we doing that? And basically, if you really think about it, we, Scripture, says we are the world priesthood. And if you think of the priesthood, 24 7, they were serving God. We are the world priesthood now. We should be serving God 24 7. Yeah, we have a job, we take care of a family and all that, but he's looking at our heart. Yeah, a room from the heart is what he's looking at. And so basically, I'm sitting there thinking, this says, okay. Sturgis basically was in 1850s to later in the, <clears throat> the last half of the 1800s. He made a couple of comments that I thought basically, and he basically was an evangelist and a preacher back then. He made a comment basically is, if you aren't doing anything for Jesus today, think about handing out a tract because sometimes we might have a private conversation and we might not. There's a lot of people there a lot of, that aren't being told anything about the Lord. Use a track. And he also made some other comments, but a little bit hard, because he was pretty tough on the people. You know, one of them was back, if you're not a missionary, you're an imposter. Well, I'll put that in context. <laughs> so what I'm asking is basically, I have a whole lot of tracks. Uh, basically, it's called the greatest story ever told. And it talks about the birth of Jesus. John the Baptist Mary being told that she's gonna have the child all the way to the end the fact that he died on the cross for us and so basically I would suggest that this is a suggestion that if you want them I got a whole box load I got 50 today I'll have more next week uh, to go along and say hey I want you to read it because Paul makes the comment in second Peter 1 the fact that I know I already told you but I'm gonna tell you again least you forget the synopsis of what really Christmas is all about. So I ask that you come up to me. I'll hand these out to you. Please read them, but play them forward. Yet people realize the fact that this is Christmas. It's not toy time. It is actually Jesus time. Amen. And so basically I just asked it, come up. Don't be afraid. Ask me. I got a whole bunch of them. I'll have more next week. But put it into your hearts, the fact that this is what God told us to do. This is a way of doing it. Thank you, Pastor.
2: Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bible. To Matthew chapter 5. Now, I do all these things on purpose, usually. Sometimes I do things by accident, but today I'm doing them on purpose. Why did I have those gentlemen share about, about outreach, about sharing your faith, about witnessing? How, how, why did I have Pastor Johnny come up and talk about, about what's going on in St. Paul? What, why do we have churches in different areas? It's because the, the world needs Jesus. Bottom line, the world needs Jesus. And and he's right. Most people, most Christians, don't do anything about it. Well, we endeavor to do something about it. Whether it's full on, 100% active in every area of your life, or whether it's every so often, or somewhere in between, the reality is that we need to be preaching Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, begin with verse 14. says, you are the light of the world. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." And so Jesus is saying that we are the light of the world. Why? Because when he came into the world, he was the light of the world. He was the only light in the world. Now there was John the Baptist who was, had the Spirit of God in him, but he was pointing to Jesus. Yes, there was Mary who was obedient to, to receive the Son, to receive Jesus. But she had her part to play. The world, for the most part, was darkness. Everybody was doing their part, but Jesus was the only light of the world. He was the only one. He says, "I'm here to show you the Father. I'm here to point to the Father." So he did that. How did he do that? He did it by living his life openly. He did it by by being with people. By being with people and sharing the good news. Sharing the gospel. (coughs) Wow. This one will never make the top 20 on the uh, YouTube list, will it now, Peter? (laughs) At any point, if you get something, man, you just come up here and save me, okay? (laughs) You knew that, didn't you? You knew it, yeah. you You were joking about it. See, okay. I don't think they're joking. Because I don't know, if, this may be just a very disjointed one all morning long because of this. Sorry. You let me know. You ready? <laughs> anybody? <laughs> anybody? Does anybody got something? We're not having open mic day. That, 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 that makes people nervous when you have, yes. you, I, see, I see the, no, I already got one. I'm sorry, folks. It's, this is just reality, huh? Family. It's just reality. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, where was I? I have no idea. You know what? You know, okay, I, I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to talk about this. So there are times when, when, when I'm ministering where I know exactly where I'm headed, I know exactly what I'm going to do. This morning, I had eight different ways I could go. And I was, I'm going, Lord, help me, narrow this down. And so I, I'm still in that mode, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm just being honest with you. There was a number of years ago, I was in a, in a, in a, a Bible study, and, and there might be some, uh, Paul Daniels might have been there that night. And uh, I started teaching the lesson I came with. And about 10 minutes into it, I realized this Stinks. This is horrible. There's nothing gonna be nothing good is gonna come out of this. So I just said, hey, guys, forget forget everything I just said. It's completely worthless. Let's just pray for a moment. We took a moment to pray and all of a sudden the Lord took us in a direction and, and powerful stuff happened. It's it's good to be humble and just say, you know, I don't I don't I don't, you know, we just kinda go. Here here's what's been on my heart all morning. Huh. Can we pray for you, Emily? Why don't you come up? Could I have the elders come up, please? Just had it on my heart to pray for Justin and Emily. You just come right over in the middle here. Just stand right over here. Please. Hallelujah. Justin said last night, last week, he said he was, there's been a rough year. We've been Praying for you guys and walking through it with you. Some some have walked through it much more than some others, but we've been praying for you and standing with you. What I heard was joy to the world. Joy. Joy to the world. It, it's something that's been lacking, isn't it? The joy. He wants to fill you with joy. It's time. It's time to be filled with joy. Amen? Let's lay hands on them. Let's pray for them. Thank you, Father. Praise your holy name. We just speak joy right now over Emily and Justin. We speak joy into their lives. Joy into their hearts. Joy into into their marriage. Everything that's risen up against them, this past year plus, we take authority—the authority that you've given us by the Holy Spirit, by the name of Jesus. We take that authority and we say, in the name of Jesus, it is broken off of you once and for all, right now. Thank you, Lord.
5: Thank you.
2: Broken off of you. Broken off of you. Broken off of you. Yes. Never to return. Amen. Never to return. Amen. And to be filled up with joy. Amen. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy. Speak life. Life. Everything that's been stolen from you guys is, must be returned sevenfold. Everything that Satan has stolen, every, every minute of joy, every minute of peace, every minute of blessing, everything that's been stolen will be, I declare it will be returned to you sevenfold in Jesus' name. joy unspeakable full of glory hallelujah 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 anybody else need joy we're just going to pray for people anybody else need joy come on up here i'm going to ask the elders to stay joy <laughs> I heard somebody say we all need joy. <laughs> come on up, yep. Just start praying for folks, would you, elders? That'll be awesome. Debbie, can you come up, please?
5: Thank you. Come on over here. Let's, let's pray for.
2: Her. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable. Joy, joy, joy. Joy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Everything that's been stolen this last year. Everything that's been stolen from, from Susan and Tom. Restored right now in Jesus' name. Every bit of peace, every bit of, every bit of joy, every bit, every bit of the plans, the plans, the plans, the things that have stolen time be returned to you right now sevenfold in Jesus' name. This, this next year will be seven times more productive than this year could have been in Jesus' name.
6: Anybody else?
2: Anybody else? Now's the time. Now's the time. Come on, come on up here. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Suzanne. please yeah, step right, right. Hallelujah. Kira rendum bu loku tondula kira ditem be shun <laughs> du la <laughs> tam bibi ali Kira rendu bo shun du loko om do noke Kira rendum bu loko tondula kira ditem bela ta him Kira rendum bu loku tondula kushun bu loko tondula tam bala Irenem van duem bela lo dum dum bala ta arir him bekei denem atu him Kied and Dumbushumundu.
3: Anybody
6: else? Kied and Dumbushundu
2: loco, Tumbesi, Kiediate balatahim. Praise your holy name. Kilandum bosho lotum boki, si diete hembataim. Kilantum boshundu loco, Thank you Lord for your power, your power, your power that destroys yokes of bondage. Yokes of bondage, you're broken right now in Jesus name. Broken in Jesus name. Broken in Jesus name. Broken in Jesus name. Broken in Jesus name. Broken, Broken broken, 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 broken. Jesus' name. Anybody else? Now, if you want to, if you're sitting there going, gee, I wonder if we just want to, you know, what, what's going on? You want to get free of something? Now's the time to do it. Let's do this. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! Kilo Anything yet,
6: Peter? I do have something. Believe it or not. First <laughs> um, John, First uh, John, chapter one, verse one. Just read the scripture for you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and life was the light of man. Amen. Say that again. The light of, say it together. Light of, light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but He came to testify about the light. There was true light, which coming into the Word enlightens every man. He was in the Word, and the Word was made through Him, and the Word did not know Him. He came to His own, and those who were His own did not receive Him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, and even to those who believe in his name, who were born not, not of blood, nor of the will of man, the flesh nor, of, nor the flesh of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth, John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He comes after me as a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten, god who is in the bosom of the father he has explained him i would just want to before i go to the scripture that pastor john uh, started out reading in matthew 5 i just want to share a quick story that it's funny because as he started sharing it right away it came up in my heart and i I have been meditating on it for the last couple days but some of you have met uh, richard uh, Pastor Johnny had a friend visiting from El Paso for the last few days, and uh, his name is Richard. He was here helping with the women's tea and, and visiting a brother of his who who lives up in uh, North Branch. And uh, I had the privilege to go out uh, to lunch with them one day, and it's it's funny because uh, so they stayed at my at our house uh, in the basement, and I was thinking to myself like. Oh, Johnny has a guest over, like I better turn up the thermostat higher because you know, they are being from El Paso, I was assuming that they're just freezing their butts off. And I'm like, I don't want him to have a bad impression. So I was turning up the thermostat higher. Um, But then I started talking to Richard at lunch and he started telling me some stories Uh, back in, and hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing, but back in the 1990s, he worked Uh, On the north or the south pole. Actually, he worked on both on the south pole and the north pole. But the story he was telling me that he worked at the north pole in the 90s on a um, like a scientific base, uh, not military base. It's all funded by different European nations. Actually, not just entities, but different nations fund the research that they're doing. And, And he was stationed there for for months at a time and he has experienced like 96 below zero uh, where, where he said you can't like your eyeballs would freeze if you don't have eye protection on and you can't breathe the air because it it like becomes ice as you're breathing it in and in your lungs and, or something like that so you you know you gotta have not just gear on uh, but also any part of your body like cannot really be exposed to that extreme cold uh, but the interesting thing that he started sharing is, is you know how they operated there is is, is they get dropped off, and they stay months at a time, and and really uh, the best uh, NASA's I think is involved with the research as well because it is really like bleeding on another planet, like the planes drop drops them off and and for months until I forgot how it was like until the s- spring comes for whatever their spring is, uh, the planes don't come and pick them up. So they are totally on their own. If there's any sort of an emergency, they, you have to figure it out. Uh, but what's also interesting it, that happens is it's, it's total darkness. I mean, not, I mean, I'm not talking about, there's not even a ray of light uh, that, that, you know, like in Alaska, at least the sun comes up, I think for a couple hours or, or, or whatever, even on the darkest days. But it's just pitch darkness for months at a time until until spring comes and uh, he, he shared with me some uh, and maybe I'll just share very quickly uh, just one story and he and I heard that he has tons of stories to tell but I was extremely intrigued with his story because I there's this one show that I I I watched all of them, I exhausted Prime and Netflix on this, and I wish there were more episodes, but it's called I Shouldn't Be Alive. That's what the show is called, and it's basically all documentaries and survival stories of people who shouldn't be alive, who survived situations where they really should have died. And He he said he had about 20 uh, near-death experiences, encounters in his life, and one of them happened well, probably multiple of them happened, but the one he shared with me happened over there, where one day they, with the, some of the scientists, they, they, they thought that we're gonna go out and do a little skiing. I mean, there's not nothing, <laughs> I'm assuming there's not much to do for fun there besides going on cross-country skiing. I mean, probably there's nothing else to do. So it sounded like a great idea, all of them are you know, geared up and, and they went out, and then they get a radio call that there's a storm that's rolling in, and it's bad, and you guys need to get shelter, and because of that reasons, they have these different uh, stations, they call like emergency uh, huts, basically. If you get stuck out there, at least you can get there, and that's like, uh, you, you can survive. So they know they cannot make it back to the ground base, but they know that there's one of those emergency huts nearby, uh, so he says, you know, they're, they're pushing for the closest hut, and the and storm hits, and it, it's like, he said this, which I just thought about, like, it, the, the conditions are so bad there, uh, and I don't, I'm assuming it was probably dark by, uh, at this point, or it was, well, it was always dark, probably. Um, but he says, you know, there's no, it's like, oh, the wind is coming from the west, or the north, or the south. It's just like, it, it's the South Pole, so it, it kind of comes from everywhere, apparently. Um, and they, they get to this emergency hut, and... and um, they, they have like an emergency heater there that they're trying to turn on, um, and they can't turn it on. Uh, so all it is, it's not this insulated building. He says it's just a tent, basically, that's like heavy-duty strapped to the ground so the wind won't blow it away. So it just kind of breaks the wind a little bit, but it, it really doesn't. Uh, doesn't do a, a whole ton besides that, and they, they, long story short, they cannot turn on the heater, and I'm asking him questions, because I'm just, you know, intrigued, like, my mind, when I'm listening to those stories, I go into survival mode in my mind, and I'm thinking, what would I do in that situation, and it's, I'm like, what do you mean you couldn't turn it on, you know, I'm thinking of a propane, my propane grill, where, you know, it's, well, it just won't light, and I give up, it's like, are you kidding me, like, what do you mean so you guys just gave up, and like, it's like, no, Peter, you don't understand, like, we had the top engineer with us from the scientific station. He's the guy who gets cold when things get broken. And if he says we can't turn it on, we can't turn it on, like uh, that's just it. So says they have these sleeping bags where multiple people can get in at the same time, so it generates body heat all together, and and they get in there and, and, and he says that, he says he's so cold, you know, he can't even zip it up, he can't feel his fingers, he can't feel his toes. and and his body helps him zip it up, but they they say there's a final stage in hyperthermia, you know, where where you're actually hot. Like, you're so hot, you start burning, and you start taking layers off. And he's in the sleeping bag, and he's shivering, and it's cold, Then all of a sudden he gets so hot, so he starts unzipping everything, and his friend, like, buddy hits him, and and then he... um, it's like oh, he just kind of snaps back into reality. He's like, "What am I doing?" So he his, his body zips him back up, and and at that point, he said he just starts, uh, in some sense, just yelling at God. I mean, just chewing God out, like God, why would you let me die in here in such conditions? Like, why why would you let this do to me? And then. Then a little time goes by, he said, and 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 all of a sudden, what he realizes that uh, he's going to die. That he's like, I'm going to go and meet God face to face, like in a matter of 15 minutes or who knows what. So then he, you know, as I think I <laughs> could so relate to him, like that's just a really strong wake up call. Like n- not many people have that privilege to know that I am about to stand in front of God face to face, like in the next 15 minutes. So he starts repenting. And he just starts, you know, repenting from, Lord, I am so sorry for everything that I have done wrong. And he starts crying. And, and he says, after that, he, he passed out. And when he told me that, I, I thought, like, oh, like, that's, if you watch those shows, it shouldn't be alive. That's a death sentence. If that, at that stage of physical living, if you pass out, the shivering actually keeps you awake, it generates, I think it helps uh, pushing blood in some sense to the vital organs, to your brain and to your hearts. But if you pass out and you're not shivering purposely, especially, then you're not waking up. Uh, so he passes out and he wakes and he wakes up the next morning and a New Zealand like, rescue team comes and actually he's waking up that he's being put in a truck. And he got put in the truck and he, they pile up on each other. And he's like, I'm still alive, and it's it's a total miracle. And you know, as I'm sitting across the table from me, I'm looking at his fingers, and he's not missing any fingers. And he's, which is a shocker. It's to me, it's a miracle itself. Like at that late in the game, you know, at the minimum, you would be losing uh, toes and fingers. So I asked him about, like, sorry, I don't know, this is too much information to ask. But are you missing any toes? And he said, No, I'm not missing any toes. And or are they black? He's like, no, they're not even black. He said, the only thing he doesn't fully feel his toes to this day, uh, but he's still, you know, it's, it's still functioning uh, and he still has all his, his 10 toes. So it's nothing short of a miracle. But here's the point uh, He tells me then when, when the, the spring light came, uh, months later or whatever, they know, you know, they know on the calendar date that the light is coming. So so they all hiked out again to watch the sunrise over the horizon. And he says, he says that after, this is so interesting as he was sharing with me and he starts crying and I almost started crying because just the way he's explaining it to me, like I can I can't feel it, like I don't know if you guys ever had the sense where the Scripture, you know, we talk about the light of the Word, we talk about physical things, or the Bible talks about physical things to explain a point, but in, in the natural world, sometimes we experience things, and it just like puts the Bible into a totally different perspective. And he says that they all went out, and they slowly start seeing the sun coming up over the horizon. And this is after months of darkness. And he says they all start crying. It says that first ray of the sun just hitting them. It says he says you guys don't even understand darkness. Like he it says it's so pitch dark. He says if if the there's no clouds in the sky, the moon and the stars and especially it's white. You know it creates some light so you can see. But on days when there's a little bit of a cloud, it is utter darkness over there. He says you can't even see your hand, front of, front of your face, and to experience that first ray of sunlight coming up it's full of life, just absolutely full of life. He says, he thinks of scripture, I thought of scripture right away when he said that, is that when Jesus says, I, I am the light of the word, like just puts it into a total different perspective of light just shines in the darkness. You know, if you have ever been in a really dark situation you know, when I was growing up, like I, I, I used to watch a bunch of horror movies because my parents wouldn't let me. Like, I had older brothers, so I was like the youngest one, so they wouldn't let me in the room whenever something like PG 13 or R was on the TV. Uh, so they was like, Peter, go to your room. We're only watching this. You're not allowed. And so when I turned about 14 and, and you know, my, I went off to high school and I could do my own thing, I was like, I'm going to watch every horror movie that's out there. So like I, f- I feel, and I'm not proud of this, I wasn't a Christian at the time either, but I filled my mind with all this darkness. And you know what would that would do is like, you go into your room and it's dark at night, and then and, and you start hearing noises, and, and, and you can't see, and, 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 and your mind starts wondering, like what's there in the darkness? And, and, and you just have to go for the light switch just to like create some light in the room just to make sure that, that you're safe, you know, that there's, there's nothing there. And, and similarly, you know, when just, just the idea that to the word, it says there's darkness in the word, and Jesus came, and he is the light. But then go back to what the scripture that Pastor John says, in Matthew 5.14, he says this, you are the light of the word, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And what that, just putting that into perspective in your own life, you know, that all the darkness, that inner darkness that people are dealing with, they may have never seen a ray of light in their life, in their soul, in their mind, in their heart, and you making contact with them, you coming into their life, even if it's just a little bit of a light, a little bit of a hope shining it into their heart, think about that. Father God, I just praise you that you said this, that we are the light of the Word, Lord, what a responsibility you gave us what (laughs) that you you filled us first with light so we can go out and be the light of the word father i just pray for everyone today who's even here maybe or, or or watching online and and has never experienced your light your love your grace i just pray that you receive you just open up to him if if anything that i just shared it's like Man, I don't know what this guy's talking about, but it's just struck a chord in my heart. Just say this, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life. Be the light of my life. Light my path. Guide me. He said he sent his Holy Spirit to guide you, to give you direction. He says he will not leave you as an orphan. He will not leave you fatherless. Just say yes to him today. Father, I just pray for everyone today who's listening and, Lord, let us walk out from this place with just this respons- sense of responsibility and not, not a sense of shame or condemnation that, oh, I got to go evangelize, but with a sense of, of, I have light in me that other people need, that they, they desperately need this light. And let us shine brighter than ever to this dark world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
5: Um, Well, a little hard to follow up after that, but um, I'm doing the offering message, and in the past I've talked about there are three basic types of, of offering, right? Tithe, which is our 10%, the offerings which go to the ministries of the church. But the third one is alms, and it's something we don't hear much about, but at this season of the year, it's extremely important. It's very important because as Pastor John and Peter have mentioned, we are the light of the world, right? And we have things to give. So I have a couple of scriptures that I'd like to present and then speak about what the word has to say about alms. The first one is Acts 3 2 through 8. And it says, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they had daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who attended the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to do, about to get into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. For he gave them attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took his bed. I got to use my glasses, I'm sorry. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his foot and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Well, here's an example of light entering this guy's life, right? He was lame from birth. He had no strength in his ankles. He had nothing in his legs. But he was expecting people to give him a little bit of money to make it from one day to the next. But what they had to give him was they had the power of God in them. They had the light of God in them. And he received his healing. He also received his forgiveness. So ministering to people in their need, whether it's money, whether it's uh, healing, whether it's you know, family relationships, a place to stay, some food for, for the table, is a form of alms. And the second one was Acts 10, 1 through 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, Cornelius was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Well, here we read about Cornelius. Cornelius wasn't even a chosen one. He was a, he was a Gentile. We, we read later that he was one of the first Gentiles born again, but he had... An understanding of God. He had an understanding of what he had been given, and he gave alms to help people around him. And God recognized that, right? We don't necessarily give alms or, or anything to be recognized from God, but God does recognize that. And another thing, we don't read that he gave out of pity or anything like that. He gave, they gave out of compassion, right? Jesus, when he healed and when Jesus performed miracles, he gave out of compassion. He saw the potential in each of these people and the potential to lift them up. Pity is not something that we as, as believers should really employ when we're, when we're ministering because it denotes that there is no hope for them. Compassion is that we see the condition that they're in and we know that there is a solution to that, right? The solution to that is Jesus, God's Son, and the opportunity we as the body of Christ have to lift them up. So as a form of offering, we don't always have to think, oh, I only have $10 in my wallet or whatever. We have the opportunity to look around us, look for people, conditions, situations that need help handing up because everybody is born with the same potential, amen? We're all born to become born-again believers. And when people are going through issues, it's our job as believers to help them through it, amen? So the ways to give, everybody pretty much knows them by now, but you can give online, you can give the box in the back, you can come into the office Monday through Thursday, nine to three, or you can mail them in to River Valley Christian Church 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue, North Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. Father God, we do thank you for this season. Father, we thank you for this first Sunday of Advent. Father, we thank you that we can celebrate preparation for celebrating your coming. Father, what that means to us, with the salvation that you provide for us, the, the deliverance, the healing. And Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to give back to other people, to your church, to ministries. And Father, we ask your blessing on each gift and each giver. In Jesus' name, amen.
7: Actually, um, can I just share with you guys something real quick? It'll just take a couple minutes. In Luke uh, 5.17, it says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, Jesus, There were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. they come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. I can relate to these guys. I'm analytical. Pharisees, teachers, teachers of the law. What do you think they came to hear Jesus say? Some clever teaching of the law? Like, he astounded them at 13. You know what I'm saying? These guys were sitting by. And it says later on that the power of, well, the next verse, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And then the story's pretty famous because he heals the paralytic. He forgives his sins first. That's a big deal. They get all offended about that. You can read this, read Luke 5 later. But the point I want to get to is towards the end. After the miracle takes place, they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying... We've seen strange things today. I just, wanna, I just wanna admonish you a little bit. If you're like me, sometimes you want things to start here and make their way down and they go in order and they're perfectly aligned and allotted and they follow notes and they're proven. Maybe sometimes I want a clever teaching I'm not kidding. Who doesn't want, like, give me a cool word. If you stick around, that happens too. But I appreciate the honesty, the light of the world, this church, there's a lot of light, like, they're all over the place. But I so love the authenticity of worship in the spirit of life and the respect for the spirit, and not just clever words with teaching. And the power is present today, not next week, not only at the week devoted to God, not after you give some amount, not after what, but right now, right now. So when the elders come, you don't have to walk away keeping whatever you've got. Don't leave today. And keep it. Let the Lord bless you with freedom. Let the Lord bless you with His power. He cares about every detail of your life. Every detail. You are His daughter, He is coming after you, you are His son your stride and your step is going to be so big. You have both spoke life to me. You were going to speak life to me again. Your very countenance has spoken life to me. Many, many times. You spoke life to me. You spoke a big word to me. Like it's like 4 years ago, you were speaking up here one time. He's going to widen your stride. You're going to think you could have walked that far, that fast with what He's going to give you. What he told you is true. It's true. In My own prayer time, I've been praying for you about that. Life, why would we go to a church without life? So if you need the Lord, not men, not clever little teachings, those are there too. Don't get me wrong, I have huge respect. Exegetical sermons preached on a regular basis. Just keep coming, you'll hear them too. But if you need life today, get up here. Ushers will be up here praying, come on up.
4: I know it's getting
0: kinda late, but I've been sitting there fighting the whole time, saying I don't wanna do this. We're gonna sing joy to the world. The Lord has
2: come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart Prepare him
4: room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and
6: nature sing. Amen.